Welcome to The Thing About Health Coaching, the podcast from Your Coach Health, where we discuss advancements in health and wellness coaching, trends to watch, and the growing body of research. This episode was generated from conversations that occurred at our Global Health and Wellbeing Coaching Symposium in November of 2022, with a focus on demystifying health coaching in digital health, healthcare, and beyond. Please note that the industry is rapidly changing, so some of the information discussed may be outdated. For the latest news in health coaching, be sure to follow along with us and check out our latest health coaching report at yourcoach.health. We enjoy bringing you each and every episode, and it would mean a lot if you could rate this podcast in your favorite player. And of course, hit that bell to be notified of future episodes. All right, welcome back to the third annual Global Health and Wellbeing Coaching Symposium by Your Coach. My name is Laura Rupsis, and I'm going to be your moderator today. I'm a national board certified health and wellness coach through NBHWC here in the U.S., and I'm a certified personal trainer with several certifications. I'm a bit of a fitness junkie. I've been coaching professionally in the health and fitness field for about 10 years now. This is a second career for me, which is maybe something we can talk about. It's a very common second career. I'm also the admissions director for the Primal Health Coach Institute and co-host of the podcast Health Coach Radio. So I am thrilled to be here with these three amazing panelists today to discuss all things health coaching, the profession, the industry, the trends we're seeing, what health coaches need to be successful, what the future of the profession might look like. No pressure, ladies. Um, and so we have with us today Fiona Cosgrove, Antonella Santini, and Faye Hall. And I would love for each of you to actually just introduce yourselves, you know, where in the world are you from and what organizations are you from? Fiona, would you like to start? Sure. Uh, I'm in Australia in the beautiful Gold Coast, very similar to Florida. And I have been involved in health and wellness coaching for nearly 15 years now. And um, before it was really a thing. Uh, my, at the moment, my main occupation, my, my main focus is my training company, Wellness Coaching Australia. Um, which grew from a very small running around the country telling personal trainers that there was a better way of uh, talking to their clients to um, being the first international NBHWC approved program. So I've seen a lot of changes. Um, I'm also on the wellness coaching initiative of the Global Wellness Institute, which is wonderful because it keeps me in touch with people around the world. Uh, just recently resigned from uh, the board of our fairly new association, Hakanza, which is the association that covers Australia and New Zealand. And I think uh, probably enough, I've been working on a PhD until recently through an English university. And uh, I came originally from a fitness background and owning health clubs and then counseling. Um, but I've been coaching for some years myself and also recently decided to get the ICF PCC credential. So I wear a few different hats. Does sounds like it. Faye, how about you? Hi, I'm Faye Hall, and I'm here this evening speaking to you from Argentina. However, I'm uh, I am British, and I work with the UK and International Health Coaches Association as Director of Professional Standards and Membership Development. So I'm here this evening to talk to you, if I can, about all things professional about health and wellness coaching. My background is actually originally, again, like, like Fiona, and I'm sure many of us in the coaching world have many hats. My, one of my first hats was a, a registered nutritional therapist. And through that role, I realized actually what we were doing when we were working clinically with people was asking them to go through 
a change process, a personal change process. So I um, veered off into coaching and ended up um, teaching coaching at an academic level um, for an organization in the UK called the Centre for Nutrition Education and Lifestyle Management. And I also furthered my qualifications with a postgraduate qualification in clinical PNI, which kind of positioned me really well to have a, a very good view around the idea of a whole health theme. So I'm really excited to speak to you tonight. And thank you very much, Laura, for inviting me to speak on this panel. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited to talk to all of you. Antonella, <laughs> would you round us out here? Please introduce yourself and give us your background. Yeah, hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, apparently, I'm the only one stuck in London under the rain this evening <laughs> from, from Australia, Argentina, Florida, everyone else. Um, but I'm Italian. Uh, I've been uh, working in HR, a consultancy all my life, everywhere in the world. I um, switch. Uh, you were mentioning a second career to coaching. Uh, four or five years ago, and uh, I love it. Uh, I'm a national board. I'm an ICF ACC. I'm lifestyle medicine certified and a PNL um, practitioner. Um, I represent the part that is uh, on the other side of the pond, whatever it is, in a way. Uh, in a way, I think that due to my international experience, also as consultant, uh, I'm working a bit everywhere in the world before to switch to coaching. I, I I feel like I can chat a bit about the European countries as well, because there is quite a lot going on in Europe, generally speaking. And um, I thank you very much for having me here this evening. Oh, I'm excited to dig into this. And thank you for all of you, just given your diverse backgrounds and how busy I know you all are wearing all these hats for taking the time out to kind of jump into this. And I've, I've got a list of questions here. Um, so I'm going to ask one that's not on the list. You know, we've all been in this industry for 10 years, many, most of you more than that. And I just remember from my past experience, just 10 years ago, the field of health coaching has changed dramatically in that time period from when I first started, I didn't even really know what it was. I didn't even know that was a thing and to where it is today, which is a widely accepted, highly credible uh, profession. Now there back then there were no jobs. Like you couldn't go get a job as a health coach and now there's thousands. So I would love uh, to hear from each of you a little bit about, I guess when you started where health coaching was, what you've learned from from where it was to where it is now and encouraging those listening as to why now is a good time for health coaching. Who would like to start and to tackle that one? I guess I'm happy to jump in and then I make sure that nobody else says the same things as me. <laughs> um, I think that, and of course, Australian is a different market. We are smaller, the population isn't as big, and I would never say we're behind in anything, but the reality is it will take longer for us to get to where, for example, the US is. So when I started and I first discovered health coaching after studying counselling and sports science and suddenly realising, hey, this is what brings it all together. Yeah. This is the behaviour change piece. Um, initially, it was really just having conversation with people who are working with others to support change to say there's a different conversation to be had. And as I say, I guess around our training, it's relevant in that in a day we could teach coach, coaching skills that change the way 
people were working. And that was just the beginning. So from there to now, to see people calling up, initially it was health professionals wanting to wear another hat and improve their work. Now the calls are coming from people saying, I want to do this as a profession. What is it? <laughs> and how do I get employed? In Australia, it's still quite difficult for us to answer that question because the opportunities are smaller than they are in other countries. But to actually see people understand or think they understand what health and wellness coaching is, has been a huge journey. And it's really gratifying to hear saying, ah, of course, you're, you're a health coach. Yeah, we know what that is. Whether they do or not is doubtful, but the, the, the term is out there in the general population. And certainly in Australia, the industry is in a growth state, even though it is a little bit slower. Wonderful. Wonderful. Faye, would you echo those comments? Do you have anything to I add would, to that? Yeah, I would. And I think um, from my personal experience in terms of where I was and where I am now, there's a bit of back to the future that's gone on because um, <laughs> when, when I first started teaching coaching and training coaching, it was very NLP focused and it was um, teaching essentially nutrition coaching. Um, and if I went out and called myself a health coach or a nutrition coach, the first thing people would say would be, uh, what's that? <laughs> uh, so, so, and that was really only 12, 13 years ago um, that, that I started up. Um, so in terms of where we are now, the change is huge um, in terms of having established the national board um, in America, in terms of what you've described as going on in Australia in terms of the establishment of the UK and International Health Coach Association in four years, what we've achieved to try and create a profession. And I say, um, I say, wow, because it's really incredible. In, uh, I have the comparison of the nutritional therapy world, and it took a lot longer to get standards in place and the concept of this being a professional role in place and a professional body established and simple concepts like CPD being important, supervision being important. Um, it took a lot longer for that to happen. So I think this is a hugely uh, fast changing industry and that's because it's important, it's because it works and it's because a number of stakeholders, albeit in probably currently in uh, in different places and maybe a bit um, a, a bit um, siloed um, but a lot of people from a lot of different directions are realizing wow this is transformational and I say back to the future in terms of my personal experience because the the coaching I was training back in uh, 2012 was actually degree validated to level five six um, at that time which was unheard of. Um, so when I started to hear about the health coaching world and look at qualifications, I was uh, interested to see that there was, you know, this just the idea of accreditation, uh, whether it be academic or via associations and other coaching associations was quite new. So I was like, well, actually, we've been doing that for quite a long time. You, you know, that this is going to be easier than we think to do. Let's go for it. So I've been delighted to be able to give my time and energy and support to the UK and international health coaches to help all of those things happen and really sort of drive things from a UK perspective um, in terms of professional standards and, you know, health coach development professionally. Oh, and Tanella, what are your what are your thoughts there? Just because I, I know you said you sort of taught this stuff all around the globe. So 
Yeah, I mean, uh, look, the th the problem here is legislations, I think, because as um, as Fiona mentioned, I also say, uh, you know, the, the question, what is this, has been evolving in, in the last 20 years. Uh, if I was looking at the chart 2011-2022, uh, and there is uh, the last one that with ICF, they produce a bunch of, you know, coaching associations, and evolution in terms of uh, vocabulary and definitions, and, and this is fantastic. Imagine that in 94, when the, the first European chart was made, it was, coaching was called counseling mm -hmm. was called co coaching so even the just the word coaching you know detached from some sports uh vibe and you know finally given some sort of status the thing is that the laws are not following this so while we are uh, creating a lot of uh fantastic standards and charts about you know charters about everything uh, in regarding coaching at, at least in europe uh, that is 51 states i mean europe has 51 states four of those are trans-european so belongs in part to asia so it's it's a maze it's a maze and i think that the next step will be frankly to uh, get some sort of legal recognition and not some sort of uh, uh, for instance in italy there is a law in 2013 that decided to um to give coaching some sort of status that is almost equivalent to some sort of liberal profession, but really it's not qualified. You know what I mean? You declare, I mean, you declare, you declare to the world that you are a coach, but really, you know, it just in a niche, you know what I mean? You have this little bit of stigma. So I think that is fantastic what happened in the last 20 years, but we have, there is a way to go also about legislation that we should really uh, work on it. I mean, I, I think about what an exciting time we're in, in terms of people that have been health coaching for a while and the ability to help shape this yeah. profession to what we want it to be. And that um, we are coaches and we stand firmly in what that means. And I heard you say, but all of you, have, you know, you would get this question, what exactly is health coaching? Um, which maybe that's something worth answering on this panel um, in terms of whether you have a distinct definition. I know NBHWC has their definition. I'm sure um, all of the sort of institutions worldwide do. However, I mean, what an exciting time to help shape what that is. And so what I would love to hear too, we've talked about, we've touched on it a little bit as to what trends you see emerging in terms of how health coaches are either going to business, where they're being applied. And this is a double, double question. To what degree is things like legislature, accreditation, um, the role that that's going to play? Um, Antonella, maybe you start, maybe you can pick that up from the beginning since you already mentioned it once. Yeah, I give you some numbers. Um, people don't know that the European community had the project called uh, Horizon 22, and now it's called Horizon Europe, where they are, they have, I think, 86 billion euro ready to be spent in, um, not in coaching, obviously, but <laughs> in a, a lot of activities that were the coaching profession or, or, or um, associations or consulting or, uh, you know, sustainability. Um, so there's a lot of money ready to be 
use for uh, for the digital coaching, you know, you 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 work in a company where uh, you know the, the digital coaching is coming, is strong, is big, and um, there are eighty billions euro ready to be spent wow. by the European community. So that's my answer. There is something there, but people don't know. People don't know. And, um, and I think we should, as uh, as professionals, really spread the word and uh, you know just open ourselves to the markets and the market opportunity. So that's my my main take. I love, I love it. What else, Fiona? I don't know if I'm going to answer the question in exactly the same way, but I'll bring up uh, and try and keep it short a dilemma we have in terms of the minute we talk about legislation, regulation, and each country is different. So we went down the track of actually getting a government accredited qualification. Now, again, without boring you too much with the Australian system there, what that means that you are then subject to rigorous rules and policies around the way you write it. And it became very, very, um, because nobody really knew what it was. We were the ones who were actually trying to determine. They were, they were making us write language that belonged to other professions and go to those organizations and say, hey, to the dietitians, are you okay with this qualification? Right. And everybody became very protective around their area and said, oh, I don't know. And they wanted us to put advice in and we said, we don't give advice. Mm -hmm. And we ran this diploma for a few years, then decided actually isn't the way to go. And I tend to agree with, um, I heard Michael Alaski and Meg Jordan talk about this, this government regulation. We don't really want to be regulated by the government. And my question of you all is how do we bring this international field together? Because that's been, I've been sitting a long way away going, hey guys, we're here. Mm -hmm. Can we not all come together and be, if we will have our individual differences, yes. But at the same time, speaking the same language, adhering to the same principles. And ICF have done a great job of that within particularly executive coaching. ICF now think health and wellness coaching is something they can probably add to their to their um, their suite of services. And again, we need to make sure that they understand that there's more training to be done to actually allow a coach to do health and wellness coaching. So I'm bringing up things that I know aren't new, but that to me is how do we collaborate better all of our different organizations so we have a bigger voice, a greater voice, without necessarily bringing legislation into it, which scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I, I, I echo Fiona's uh, sentiments. Uh, in the UK, the situation is that... Um, Legislation around health and wellness coaching is unlikely. Um, a couple of decades ago, and I can't tell you exactly when, uh, when it comes to healthcare professionals, actually the government realized that regulating healthcare professionals was expensive and difficult, and they started deregulating. So the chances of us actually getting any legislation or being properly regulated by the government in the UK are very slim. And there are pros and cons to that. And Fiona's highlighted some of the um, the cons that uh, to to being regulated and some of the pros. So to not being, what that where that leaves us then, however, is in a position where it's so important that we self regulate. Right. It's so important mm -hmm. that we, as individual health coaches and as organisations that that we connect with, are really on the ball with 
being professional and that's you know and behaving as professionals and subscribing to appropriate training and doing all of those things that make you know the professions made up of all the people doing the coaching and all the people employing the coaches and it's how we all behave that's going to be key moving forwards and I think that uh, you know engaging with the proper accreditation processes, approval processes, professional bodies and connecting up the dots ourselves and self-regulating really well and setting a good example in every country is key. And to do that, we have to collaborate. Um, I, I totally agree with you, Fiona. Collaboration is key. There will always be differences between each country because each country's got its nuances. Um, we have the NHS, for example, the National Health Service, where health and well-being coaches are now being employed in public service the nhs are currently um, themselves trying to work out and get to grips with what a health coach is what they do what the competencies are at the same time as the industry is growing privately um, and we really need to work together on that internally within countries in all the between all the different stakeholders and then globally between countries so we're not all the same because I think that would be impossible, but we've at least got a baseline of what it is. Uh, you know, we all might have our preferred definitions, but there must be a few words that we can agree on in uh, you know, somewhere. And there must be a few standards, some baseline standards and some projections for how the future might look that we can all agree on. And I think that's going that collaboration working together is going to be key moving forward. So that's, you know, I'm delighted to be here this evening, you know, connecting you all across the water and you know miles away yeah <laughs> you know here here in the u.s we're, we're we're not regulated here either um yeah. i you know i talk to people a lot of times because they feel like everybody's a health coach and that the market is saturated <laughs> and how am i going to differentiate myself i'm like you think it's saturated because that's how you follow on instagram it feels like everybody's a health coach but you take one trip to the grocery store and you quickly realize the market is not saturated and that we have a lot of work to do and we um the school that I work for, we just launched a course, a separate sort of secondary course called Health Coaching in a Medical Practice to help health coaches mm -hmm. understand that the language is different and that the role you play in the healthcare realm is very much coaching because to your, you know, hey, the, the notion everybody's a coach, you've got some people on Instagram that are handing out meal plans and calling themselves coaches. That's not coaching. It's a tool, I guess, but it's not coaching. You know, and so I agree with you. I think globally there are, um, first of all, we all have the same problems. This is something that came up about this course is I, I don't care what healthcare system you're in. Generally speaking, the problems are the same. The rise of chronic illness, um, the cost of healthcare is mm -hmm. booming. Um, chronic illnesses um, that are leading the way seem to be the same and in lockstep from country to country, from economy to economy for the most part. Um, and at the end of the day, healthcare consumers are completely and utterly bewildered. And they've been giving some marching orders without any instruction on what to do with it. You know, and so I think it was Fiona where I heard you heard you say, you know, this is the missing link, this behavior piece, right? Mm -hmm. um, this behavior change piece um, is the missing link. So in terms of, I, I think that this is great fodder for kind of from region to region and country to country, we can certainly all agree on what the problems are. So maybe we can start there and just rattle some of these off and what the, the health coaching competencies, what we can bring to the table to help provide those solutions. So um, 
let's see, Faye, why don't you go? Uh, yeah, and as you said, you hinted at this, Laura, the scope of practice. You know, one of the biggest mm -hmm. pieces of work we've had to uh, to do uh, as professional body here in the UK um, is to really get to grips with and communicate scope of practice to all of our members, but all of those want to be health coaches out there. And to all of those, I mean, you've described the Instagrammers that, you know, are that there's gray areas and muddy water when it comes to what you actually do when you're a health coach. And so a collaboration whereby everyone, you know, it's music to my ears to hear you speak tonight about scope of practice, but where we all agree on that scope of practice and communicate that again and again and again. So it becomes the, the un, you know, it becomes understood by the lay person and it becomes uh, appreciated um, by all of the stakeholders that might want to engage in, in or with, you know, in employing health coaches or engage with a health coach. So that is, I think, key um a, an international you know set of baseline standards or scope of practice would be a very interesting discussion the thing about health coaching is brought to you by your coach health the only operating system for behavior change powered by health coaches we help a growing roster of industry partners stand up or augment their health coaching operations with the largest supply of validated health coaches and proprietary technology for seamless integration. We are the premier virtual home for health and wellness coaching, an ecosystem built to empower health coaches while expanding access to their services through our industry partnerships. To find out more, head over to yourcoach.health or yourcoachhealth on all the socials. Join us on the health coaching revolution as we strive to deliver the power of health coaching to the eight and a half billion global population by 2030. I love that. What else? Can I add a couple of things to that? Yeah. Uh, as, I, as I'm thinking here, it's, it's so interesting, even the terminology. I wonder if we should just change our name and call ourselves health behavior change coaches. <laughs> because at least it would actually say what the heck we do. Because even terminology is difficult. So I, you'll hear me, I don't, well, I do now use health coach, but it's always been health and wellness coach. And I remember when they decided with the MBHD before it was formed to actually say these two words should be used together. Health and wellness coach, obviously the name of my company helps me, steers me in that direction. Now there's arguments about whether it's health and well-being coaching. So we can't even get our own sort of terminology right. I think, and I'm not here to, to knock the fact that the health brings up connotations potentially of illness that needs fixing. And I also believe that health coaching tends to, we, we tend to think medically, maybe physically, we all know that one of the biggest problems is mental well-being mm -hmm. and notice i say mental well-being not mental health because mental health is really scary but we are working in the field of mental well-being so i guess what i'm doing is just amusing on the words that we use to how we sell what we do so maybe we can change the name and call ourselves a health and well-being behavior change coach because that's what we are we're behavior change ex experts yeah we are the experts in behavior change um, I don't know if that's helpful, but those are my thoughts after, after what you'd said, Faye. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's excellent. And I think even though language in different countries has different meaning and different interpretations, I think uh, simple things like a definition that does what it says on the tin so that most people in most countries have a sense of what, if I go to see this health coach, what are they going to 
do with me or say to me or what's going to happen even you know if you're going to the a medical doctor or a physiotherapist or a personal trainer you kind of have a sense of what's going to happen in the session if you've never come across coaching before or seen a health and well-being coach or wellness coach you you will be going into the session you know hopefully you'll have read your pre-session material but you'll be wondering what on earth is going to happen <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely Antonella what are your thoughts my thought is that listening just to this discussion, look how many definitions we are having, you know, health and well-being, behavior coach, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's great, Fiona, you're absolutely right. That's exactly the point. If we want to go global, it's not going to be an easy task because we need to find something that is understood and uh, globally and comprehensive. Of everything we do you know you, you mentioned that you know you go in the supermarket and you everyone needs an health coach so the the potential market is big but what are what are we called what are we offering so and as Faye was mentioning in the scope of practice in who we are it's an identity not only in the name but it's also an identity topic that we should so we should really if we want to go global have an identity that is global and simplify, I will simplify, you know what I mean? Because it's this too much. We are everything and we can do everything. And we, uh, we can, you know, it just, we should really try to find some sort of common denominators uh, culturally and professionally and take it from there. That's my, I don't have a solution. I'm just right. stating. You know, look, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of commonalities that we can, we can all agree on. Um, the, the terminology can be sticky sometimes, but uh, when I talk with other health coaches from other countries, I'm, I'm going to use a weird analogy that not everyone would be able to relate to, but the term CrossFit. CrossFit has a very distinct personality, a very distinct culture, and we all use the same language. And I can talk to a CrossFitter in Italy, and I know what that person is talking about. And when I talk to other health coaches in other countries, I find that to be the same. You know, I think our, our goals tend to be similar. How we view what we do tends to be very similar. So I, I do think there's tremendous potential to, to globalize this into a common mission, I guess right? In helping move the global population to a healthier place to be less reliant on medication and take back something that I think we can all agree on, which is this contents of, of autonomy, mm -hmm. right? And self-empowerment and a term that's commonly used here in the United States, which is health confidence, helping that mm -hmm. end client build the confidence that they can do it. That's what we do, right? They need to have the confidence that they can do it. And then sort of, I guess, be their partner in that change and helping them navigate through that change and learn how to translate things better for themselves. But, you know, one of the questions on this list here is, do you find it important to be connected with other coaches internationally? And as a health coach, I absolutely do. I think it helps inform trends and kind of where things are going. Um, you know, so, you know, NBHWC is the organization here in the U S there's the UK and international health coaching associate Fiona, I heard you mention Hakanza, um, as well. There's ICF. I heard Antonella and a couple people mention it. So these are all global entities that I, I think, um, from organization to organization, many of the minimum standards are very similar. 
Um, they're they're going to be different from time to time, but I, I think the intention is certainly the same. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys have some thoughts on that, on if we think this kind of global trend is going to be difficult or if there's enough commonality, commonality to make this doable. I, can, I think that I'll speak to, oh, sorry, Antonella, go ahead. Very quickly on that one. Um, I, I can see all those problems because we are approved with MBHWC. I have, I have now um, drafting a discussion paper on our own standards in Australia, mm -hmm. thinking, what are we doing here? Are we reinventing the wheel? Are we drawing from the UK? I've seen the UK standards, which are really detailed. Mm -hmm. And when we look at those, we go, wow, who meets those? And I'm not knocking it at all, Faye, because I think it's a wonderful standard. But it's also kind of puts um, our training prize, it's out of reach for us to be accredited with you because of the number of hours and the live training component. Australia is very spread out. So it concerns me then having gone through the ICF process to keep all those accreditations as a coach, let alone a training provider, is nearly impossible. It's so expensive and so time consuming. And I just wish there was a way of us coming together to say, what is it? What can we do together so that one coach can stay connected with all these organizations, a training provider can get their courses accredited by them all, which at the moment isn't happening. Mm -hmm. So it's literally, I'm not meaning to complain, but just putting it out there saying, I think this is where work needs to be done. And sorry, Antonella, over to you. No, no, it's okay. If you know, I, I mean, uh, actually, you're right, and uh, I, I've been, uh, if you, want, I've been studying uh, to answer to you, Laura. I've been cross uh, studying the um, all the associations and boards and everything there is, um, not in the world geographically. Of course, it's not. I mean, I, I look at hundreds of. Uh, uh, you know, uh, standards and uh, anything, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there are a lot, a lot of similarities, as you, as you mentioned, and uh, uh, there are a lot of things in common. So it should be easy to create some sort of, again, to find the common denominators, because there are a lot of common denominators. But then is it's not an easy task anyway because of other reasons as uh, this point Fiona is mentioning so um, where we're moving from here i don't know again yeah. <laughs> there is there is a potential there's a huge potential but um yeah well uh, i'll come in there if that's okay um laura i think just being here tonight uh, all of us committing to having this shared conversation um <laughs> is a really great step but it's a small thing but this is where what we're all about we're all uh, all of us are committed to this uh, mission if you like uh, this mission to as you described it Laura to help people uh, be well and and be better and I think that that collaboration is 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 easy if you can find the similarities and where it, and challenging but also possible when it comes to the differences if you're prepared to listen and be flexible and um and work together so definitely i think it's important to be finding that space and place um where we can all speak about what's happening where and how we can work together um is going to be really important and that's something that's on our radar at the UK IHCA and why we've added the international because we are international we very much operate internationally but we want to be having those conversations internationally as well 
And there's always room for maneuver, you know, when it comes to standards competencies. I think we are not at the end point. We're just at the beginning as a profession. Mm -hmm. It's changing every year. It's going to change every year. It's still embryonic, even though health and wellness, health coaching, all the different names, whatever you want to call it, has been around probably a good couple of decades now. Um, it's actually really early days as a, you know, in terms of the development of the profession. And we have to stick together and work together to get that, to find that common ground. And that might mean, uh, you know, flexibility of mind and practice, but we need to share that best practice. We need to focus on that bigger mission, in my view, Laura, that you talked about helping people addressing, you know, chronic illness and all of those, you know, thinking about different ways of doing medical practice in a more integrated way with behavior change at the, the at the heart of what we're doing. And we, if we focus on that and we focus on best practice for the coach, you know, what's actually happening between the coach and client and how can we support that? If that's, if that's where our focus is, we will come up with the best set of international standards if that's where, it, if that if that is where it's going. And if there are differences, then there's all sorts of, um, you know, my mind's buzzing already. There's all sorts of possibilities in terms of, career progression and you know maybe some of the standards as set um you know currently globally in different places might become part of an advanced health coach training and there might be an agreed base health coach training that's that that helps that where we can all come together with a baseline sort of level of accreditation so i believe it, it's all very possible to do um if we can all commit to finding a forum yeah. uh, to doing to doing it and and come to that forum with flexibility of mind <laughs> as as good all good coaches should have <laughs> well, that's where my mind went to um in terms of having um various pr career progressions right professional progressions and and standard progressions that we can certainly shoot for because i you know as somebody who speaks to people that are interested in entering into the field of health coaching the number one question they ask is can i make a living doing this and many are going to be reluctant to go down a path that's going to take multiple years and the cost equivalent of a college degree for something that may or may not be able to support them because this profession is to a certain degree, not in its infancy, it's not, I would say we're in our adolescence um, <laughs> in terms of kind of where we are, but um, thinking through the fact that there are many people making lucrative businesses in private practice, I would argue some aren't truly health coaching, but let's put that aside for a minute, but the sheer number of positions available now are enormous. The ones that pay what I would call a, a really good living wage are also looking for some other form of licensure. And so this is where health coaches need to come to get, this is where this is going to be important is if you've got people that want to be able to have a career working for somebody else making you know, some people are, tra they're transitioning out of jobs where they're making well into the six figures and they want a job that's similar. And right now there's very few that pay that unless you are already a nurse or a dietitian or something like that. So this is where I think these more advanced credentials are, can be really helpful that we can work towards. You can start out, you can do things on the side, you can make a part-time living for a while as you really get this together so that you can go into that job interview for that dream position, knowing with confidence that you've got the experience and the education to get it. Um, so we've only got a few more minutes here. So I would love for each of us to kind of take a stab at where do you see health and wellness coaching for the future? 
I don't know, five years out, 10 years out. Does anybody have an opinion or perhaps a, this is my wish. This is where I would love to see health coaching in say 10 years. I think I could finish on a positive because it's going through my mind now and very quickly. I think the fact that we can help in so many settings Mm -hmm. Um, whether we're talking about a difference in the ability to coach. I've seen people with a day's coaching change the way they work with people, say, in fitness centers. But there are so many specialty areas and general areas, whether it's schools, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in medical centers. In other words, the need is there. So we can't help but succeed if we all do work together and send this message that this is what we do. Because I think when we talked about the definition, it's not so much if we describe what we do, the key thing is how we do it. Mm -hmm. And that's the complexity of getting that over to people. We know what a health and wellness coach does, how we do it is the bit that needs to be condensed. But I can only see good things for the future of health and wellness coaching. Wonderful. Okay, what do you think? Sorry, did you invite me? I didn't. I I hear. I didn't hear that. So yes, I mean, in terms of the bigger vision, I'll, I'll uh, emphasize that, that that sort of thought that Fiona shared around the the number of contexts and the sheer scope of the potential for where health coaching can help. And so my phrase is, I'd like to see, and I envisage. Uh, it to be very possible to have you know health coaching on every street corner you know schools gp we you know general practice surgeries in organizations just accessible you know a, a shop front on every street corner accessible to all those who may benefit and i think that's the key uh, at the moment is the people who need it or might benefit need to get connected up with the people that can deliver it as you said laura you know, anyone who thinks the market's saturated or there isn't a need, just we just haven't connected those groups of people up in the world. So I'd like to see that connection happening, the connection between those people who really need it and those people who can deliver it. And that means, I think, thinking outside of the box a little bit and moving on from the how I see perhaps health coaching started as private practice and as a private venture and having to set up on your own and make it happen. So I'd like to see it much more uh, firmly established organizationally and as and as part of our sort of life structures if you like so it's accessible i'd like to, you know i i see a future where employment is accessible and available uh, echoing what you said laura you know if you've done your qualifications there is a place to go to become employed if you especially if you're a person that doesn't have the experience or the desire to set up your own business on your own you know it doesn't mean your health you know they're very separate skill sets to be an entrepreneur and set up your own business and to be a health coach they're two different skill sets so the the fact that at the moment a lot of health coaches are getting qualified and then having to go through this whole other process you know much more employment i'd like to see so that you can get a job and be supported in your in your job by different organizations and of course the future i'll have to say as um as director of standards and um, professional standards and membership development, I'd like to see appropriate career progression pathways um, so that after you've done your base course, there's somewhere to go in terms of career progression, both as in terms of your training as well as your employment. Supervision, um, I think, is a really important component mm. that needs to come in and, um, you know, a real firm commitment to CPD and, um, yeah, 
health coaching as a real community hub in as many areas and contexts as possible. Wonderful. Antonella, take us home. Yeah, I will be, I will be quick because I know we have very little time left. I see it polarized. I see it with insurance companies using it. I see with uh, um, health services using it, but I see the digital. Uh, so the polarization will be between the big player using health coaching and how they are going to use it in a digital way. So this is the way I see it. And of course, we need to have uh, amazing standards. Of course, we need to be professional. Of course, we need, but this will be us as professionals. But the way I see the market is going in that direction, as I said. Yeah, you know, we would, I would agree with you too, in terms of echoing that digital sentiment, it's figuring out how to do it properly. But, you know, um, I have an, an app that I use. I mean, my, my clients have me in their pocket. Right. So for the, for the first time ever, one of the, one of the little apps on their phone is actually beneficial because they can send me the picture of a back of a piece of, you know, whatever, a back of a food item. And what is this ingredient? You know, um, so and being able to just reach more people, because that's the other thing I hear in terms of people around me won't pay for health coaching or there's no jobs here. You know, uh, the ability to work remotely in a digital space is tremendous. Um, I, I guess I, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I, I would lo love your thoughts on Tanel on how you make that digital space feel human and personal. Uh, I would ask to my teenagers' daughters. It's <laughs> 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 um, it's it's the future, um, Laura. I I I wouldn't worry about that because it's digital. It's here. It's part of our life. We are humans. We will make it human. It's, um, you know, there's nothing we can do that is not going to be human anyway. I wouldn't worry much. This is digital, right? I mean, we're humans, but we're exactly. still communicating yeah. over a digital interface. So there's there's a way that we can do this. And I, I agree with you. I think it's the future. It'll make it more accessible for more people, right? You can pair mm -hmm. the right coach with the right client, regardless of where they are. Um, so th there's, thank you for that. Because I, I think many people kind of think very, narrowly in, in many cases in terms of their own direct universe. So um, do any, I have some final remarks, but if there's, do any of you want to kind of give us any kind of parting words before I kind of wrap things up? Thank well, you. well, thank you very much. We're in it together. So let's make it work together. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me this evening and nice to talk to you all. Yes. Look, I, I just want to say what a pleasure it is to talk to three professionals that have been in the trenches for a long time that are um, just wholly committed to this profession and that there is work afoot at bringing us all together globally so that we can advance this global mission. So thank you very, very much for joining us. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.